There is a creeping darkness sweeping across the sky. Scotch shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee with Butterscotch. We are Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth. And I'm Adam. We are a video game studio. We make awesome games. They're all on iOS and Android currently. If you want to find them, you can search for our company name, Butterscotch Shenanigans, in the app stores. And uh, we also have an upcoming game called Crashlands, which will be on every platform in the universe, uh, except for some. Uh, if you want to head to games.bscotch.net, you can check all of our games out. And uh, if you've listened to our podcast before, you might notice that it sounds a little different, namely because uh, normally Sam is our MC and he's not here. But we will get to that in a moment. Uh, but first, we have a disclaimer, which is this podcast is not for children or kids, because there's going to be language, there's going to be very uh, aggressive language sometimes, and topics. Aggressive topics. That are not suitable for children. There might be horsing around. Uh, none of these things are, are acceptable for children to listen to. Nope. So if you're a child, go away. And baby goats should also not be listening to this podcast yeah kids goats uh any small animals baby animals of any kind monkeys just whatever keep them out of here so why why adam why is sam not here well it's because as many of you will know uh, sam has been battling some stupid ass cancer for not ass cancer blood cancer ass cancer is a different thing stupid dash acid uh so he's been battling lymphoma for nearly two years now and is Currently stuck in the hospital in a tiny, tiny hospital bed, being filled with rabbit blood for some reason. Well, they sometimes use horse blood, so he got the rabbit. I think they just flip a coin and decide which animal's blood to put. Uh, but it's actually, it's white blood cells from a rabbit. And basically what they do, so he's getting a stem cell transplant, and they have to knock down his immune system first. And in order to do that, they pump an animal's immune system, basically their white blood cells, into his body. Uh, and then there's a battle of the immune systems that goes down, uh, kind of like in Star Wars. Yeah, and apparently rabbit immune systems are just more powerful. Yeah, or equal to horse. I'm, not sure. To- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what other animals are suitable, uh, but these are... The other thing I was wondering is, you know, that's a pretty good-sized bag of rabbit juice they have him hooked up to. I wonder how many rabbits they had to juice. Well, and they do it every day, right? For like a week or something. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe the hospital just has like a, you know, in the basement, they've got a little rabbit menagerie that they're just constantly squeezing these rabbits and getting the juices <laughs> out and then pumping it upstairs. Um, so yeah. he's, so he's going to do this all week. He's, he's uh, stuck in a tiny shoebox of a room, uh, which I think it's inhumane, uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, we, we're paying for that service, I guess. So he's going to get this this new immune system. Or, sorry, he's going to get his immune system killed by rabbits. And well, And also radiation. So they're, they're also blasting it with x-rays every day so they can... Yeah, so he's, so he's just getting everything. hammered. Uh, so he's busy and he's not feeling the, the best. Uh, so he'll be getting this new, a new donor immune system sometime uh, next week. And then there'll be some recovery time and he'll be back on track. And for those of you who are around for the last uh, transplant that he had, this one will be a lot less intense in terms of how hard it is for him. Yeah. So he's doing okay, but he's just super tired and everything. And so 
Uh, so he decided to sit out of the podcast for now. And it still sucks. I mean, it's it's not as bad as, as getting pumped full of poison. Because the last time he was being pumped full of, like, horrible, horrible, uh, you know, poisons that are meant to nearly kill you, but kill every kill your cancer faster. So relatively speaking, this is a cakewalk. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not as bad as nearly dying. But it's not great. And on that note, uh, you should go to vibes.bscotch.net, uh, where I put together a little, I'm calling it the wall of vibes. You can go to leave a message for Sam. Just tell him that, you know, to kick cancer's ass and stuff. Keep the positivity flowing. Say whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's, as long as it's positive. As long as it's positive. Leave, leave a funny picture or video, you know, whatever. Just, again, go to vibes.bscotch.net and you can... Sense of positivity, Sam's way. Yeah, so we've been, uh, so that's been kind of taken up, taken up some time of ours for the past, past little while. We made a beta announcement on Friday that we were going to be trying to get our, get the Crashlands beta out uh, next Friday. Um, it's hard to say whether we'll hit that. Sam is probably going to be a lot more uh, tied up in the hospital than we originally thought. So I guess we will have to see what we're able to get. Done. Yeah, the goal is to be able to continue working. Uh, and Seth and I, of course, will will continue working. Um, but Sam thought that he could keep on making art and working on the story and doing some other things while he was stuck right. in the hospital. But you know, he's supposed to spend all of his time being monitored very closely and dealing with things that come up and moving it's from very room to room. It's just, it's yeah, it's a really, really. Even if he's feeling okay, it's a very hard place to get work done. Well, and he was also telling so he's got this bed that constant like about every ten minutes his bed will just go and it like inflates <laughs> in different patterns. Uh because it's it's one of these beds that's meant for like Some people who pneumatic people bed. who literally don't move for weeks at a time, who would then like develop bed sores and stuff. Oh. So the bed automatically like shifts your body around. But he doesn't need that because he can still move around and he told them to turn it off. And they said no because they said, "What if you code? Like as if somehow he's gonna, as if somehow his heart's gonna stop because this bed isn't annoyingly hissing at him every ten minutes." They thought that not moving the bed would cause him to code. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, they said this the first night he was in there, and he hadn't even had any drugs or anything. He was just like, "I'm just, I just walked in here. Like you think I'm just gonna have a heart attack from laying in this bed?" Uh, <laughs> So, uh, hmm. so not not the best, uh, and apparently this bed also has a probability, a high probability of malfunctioning, and then sort of like deflating in the middle and just creating this weird sort of like long ch- like trench where you just kind of like sink into the middle of the bed. <laughs> uh, not it, it's not the most comfortable. Doesn't sound like it. You would think for as expensive as those hospital beds are, you'd get some really good bang for your buck. You know, Tempur Pedic, some kind of memory foam. Uh, maybe you'd be sleeping on a cloud or something, but no. yeah, it's a pneumatic trench machine. It almost seems like the more you pay, the the worse everything gets when it comes to hospitals. Yeah, well, there's probably a curve, you know, because it's, yeah. it's <laughs> probably if you don't pay very much at all, you're probably not going to get much either. Well, it's, maybe it's a circle, so you just come right back to square zero. Yeah, exactly. But in order for in order for me to kind of help uh, or to help me kind of deal with all this crap that's been going on, my wife and I taught my dog how to give high fives. So I've been getting dog high fives for two days, <laughs> which has really improved my spirits. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but I've had to. So we taught her to, you know, like she's a dog. So the only way to teach her anything is with food. 
And so we taught her to give high fives through the use of treats. But what this means now is, is she just expects that if she just delivers a high five unprovoked to anybody, <laughs> that they're going to that they're gonna give her a treat. And so I was trying to eat a sandwich yesterday and she just kept just kept jumping up and trying to trying to slap <laughs> my hand while I was eating the sandwich. <laughs> so I've I've moved from getting you know dog, getting provoked dog high fives to now just getting sort of harassed by a barrage of dog high fives. There are certainly worse situations to be in. Yeah, creating a creating a high fiving dog monster is a pretty it's a pretty good accomplishment, I think. Yeah, I'm putting a, I'm gonna put that on my resume. Yeah, and then Adam and I have been playing Rocket League. Yeah, Rocket League is great. Imagine playing soccer, only you're playing with race cars that have rocket engines and can fly, and that's what this game is. Yeah, and then you don't need to imagine it because it's already a, it's a game. Yeah, go on Steam, pay $20, and you can play the crap out of it. It's super hard, and the great thing about it is... You know, unlike a lot of games where there's sort of like a leveling up system where you get more powerful. And then if you come in as a new player, all these veterans who know how to play the game, they've been playing for a long time. They also have a whole bunch of like really badass weapons or whatever. And they just they just crush you. Right. Uh, But in Rocket League, there's nothing like that. It's just purely a skill game. So you can just go right in and just start just start jamming. But you will start out being very terrible. The the advantage people have on you is because they've been playing more, which is exactly the advantage they should have. So it just takes a lot. We I mean, we mentioned this game last week actually, because uh, we were playing it then. We've been playing it ever since. It's one of the few games in recent years even that we all kind of kept up for longer than a week <laughs> at a time. I think it's been probably five or six years since we played a a game as a, as a trio of bros very yeah. extensively at all. We played uh we played a lot of Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. That was back in ago. the day. Yeah. Oh, and uh and if you want to play with us, you know, maybe drop a line in the forums and we'll do a little little 2v2 or or something. Uh be aware we will we will crush you because <laughs> we've been playing for uh, a good a good five days now. Yeah, and by and by crush you, what Seth means is that we will accidentally run into your vehicle. We're uh, gonna run into your vehicle. Uh, one of us will explode. You or us. Yeah, we'll probably miss the ball most of the time that we go for it, and we will also crush you by accidentally knocking the ball into our own goal, probably three to four times per match. Yeah. So we have a pretty specific set of strategies. It hasn't paid off yet. Not particularly well uh but that also brings up another thing that we have started using which is this cool uh voip voice over ip app VoIP. called voip called discord uh you can get it at discordapp.com i think i just downloaded it a second ago um but it's really cool it has a it, it lets you set up a persistent um a persistent server for for a voip connection where you can just hop in and out and also for chat so you can just kind of hop in and out of these rooms and uh, and use those for gaming. It's, it's supposedly uh, has way less overhead than things like Skype and stuff, so making it better for gaming. But we're actually using it now for all of our butterscotch stuff. Yeah, the cool the cool thing for us for for butterscotch is since you can have these persistent rooms, it's so you can think about it like if you're using Skype or Google Plus or whatever, if you want to talk to somebody, you have to just you have to call them yeah. directly, right? But with something like Discord, you have what you can think of as little rooms. And if you're just hanging out in one of these rooms, then you are just in a you're in a persistent call, and somebody else who's on that server who who has that information, uh, they can just jump right into that room and just start talking. So 
Uh, we've been using it for work. We've been using it for Rocket League. I mean, the possibilities are endless, even though those are the only two things that matter in life. So yeah, check out check it out discordapp.com. We'll put a we'll put a link on the on the podcast page for it. And what else? Oh yeah, you've been playing Adam, you've been playing Fallout Shelter. That just came to Android. It's kind of it's kind of old news, I think. It was on iOS. It's been on iOS for a while ago. Yeah, a good like 4 months or so, maybe even longer than that. One of those staggered launches. Yeah, for for some unknown reason. Well, it was it was kind of a funny thing that that Bethesda who makes the Fallout games that they did which was i think it was at ea they were talking about fallout 4 which they had just announced oh and and then they simultaneously announced hey also we made this mobile game which will be available today on on was there a big outrage about it no people were really excited because it was it was a completely surprise announcement that they just made this random game oh people didn't have time to get mad well i mean android users got mad because they're like why the fuck is this only for ios since it always is and then uh and then they didn't say anything at all about android and then you know a couple months later or something they uh, made that announcement elsewhere that they were getting close to having that done so it is now launched uh it's i think it's just been last end of last week so it's only been out for a few days um i've been playing it it's it's one of those you know group management kind of games so uh mm. so you're, you're building a vault and so you can you can build new rooms you know deeper into the to the mountainside that you're that you're inside of it's a cool graphical style because they have the same cartoony 50 style characters that they have in like all the magazines and stuff in the other fallout games and so, the, so your characters uh, are like when you take the like when you take the goat. Yeah, exactly. So the characters are clearly cartoons. Yeah, so the characters are clearly these two D, you know, cartoony characters. But then the 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 vault itself is actually three D. Had a very nicely rendered um, interface, and the, and the animations are kind of are fun wow. and fluid and stuff. So it's a really cool style for sure. Um, it's a free to play game. Is there any kind of an overarching story to it or is it just more like a sim it's, sort it's, of management? Yeah, it's more of a sim management. So so it's the same premise as, you know, all the other Fallout stuff, which is nuclear holocaust is coming. Sure, yeah, we've all been there. Yep. So Vault Tech, who is the company in these in the series that that owns all of these these underground, you know, shelters that people can go to, these Fallout shelters. Uh, and right. so so you basically are the overseer for one of these vaults. So your job is to keep your population happy and keep the thing running and grow the population to sort of fill up the uh, available space, which I think when you're all, when it's all said and done, I think you can get hundreds of, of people that you're managing in this thing. Are you able to like produce food in the vault? Yep, so you make stuff, food. The- yeah. So you get, you make food and you, and you purify water and you have to make power and then you can train up your, the skills of all of your people so that they do all that stuff better. And you can send uh, characters out into the wasteland to uh, go try to find, you know, guns and armor and all kinds of stuff that's just out in the wilderness. Mm. And uh, and then you get attacked by raiders who break in and try to steal your stuff, and you get attacked by other kinds of beasts that are seen in the other games. I see. Yeah, it's it's a cool game. It suffers from from what this kind of game always suffers from, which is that when you're waiting for something to happen, cause it takes a few, it's a, all the timers are a few minutes, you know, to, to make things happen. Some of them are hours, like for having a baby or a, or a kid growing up into an adult so that they're useful. And so the timers on those are like three hours. If you're training somebody, it can be eight hours. If you're sending somebody out to the wilderness and want them to come back with a full set of loot, that can be a day even. So they have all these, yeah, they have a lot of long, long timers and also a lot of 
short ones that are just long enough, like a few minutes, to be annoying because there's just nothing. There's there's no. Uh, there's still there's still nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, there's in nothing the to do. One minute exactly. So so you just kind of <laughs> yeah. you kind of go. So so it's meant to be played on mobile. That's why it'll probably never be on on desktop. Uh, it's meant to be played in you know a few minute spurts where you go kind of manage some things, put it away, go back to work for a few hours, and, and come back. Um, it's, and so for what it is for, for that kind of game, it's really well done, very well produced. Um, the, the IAP is pretty fair. It's, uh, you basically buy cards, um, which then randomly give you stuff that you can I use see. to improve your, your place. And, uh, and also Mr. Handies, who is that robot that you see in, I think Fallout 3, whichever one, anyway, but, but uh, Some, something, but New Vegas, probably. maybe, but a robot character who can let go manage your resources for you and stuff. Now, I always wonder about this kind of stuff because we, when we first started making games, I was really skeptical. You know, people would say, oh, well, you know, mobile gamers, they only play for two minutes. So you got to make sure that you make your game to fit that, yeah. that play style. And I was like, no, it's the problem is the games. It's that the games only. Yeah, you know, they like only support a few question. minutes of, of gameplay before they're boring. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then once we started getting analytics for our games, which are more actiony, like you can play them in a few minutes at a time, but uh, there's nothing keeping you from from continuing to play for hours. Right? Yeah. But still, even in Quadrupus Rampage and Tile Fight, you know, our our median playtime is like two and a half, three minutes per session yeah i guess i guess mobile gamers really do just that's how they play so that's why people make those games yeah it's still it still is hard to say because you know that also means that mobile gamers are being trained to play in a certain way and trained to expect certain things and all that so i don't know yeah yeah and it's a context thing you know if you you always have your phone with you yeah even you know you'll be at the you'll be at the dentist office you'll be waiting for a sandwich you know at, at a restaurant or something where you've got where you've got like five minutes to play or something and that's it. Yeah. So that. So now think about this from a from a stats perspective, right? If mm-hmm. if what you're measuring is the say like median playtime per session, then most of your sessions as a mobile gamer are going to be those like random moments that you have a few minutes here and there, right, to play the game. Even if you then go home that night, or the morning before you go to work, or during your lunch break, or whatever, and sit down and play for like half an hour or hours straight. And what's interesting about that is if somebody just opens up the game for say 10 seconds because like oh maybe i have a minute to play they open it up for 10 seconds and then it turns out oh no sorry something came up they close the game back down again you've just recorded a a 10 second play session who knows what that means i don't who knows yeah so i don't know to me i kind of think you should just and we we have in the past because we we you know we we tended to believe what people told us about about the mobile market which has not been that wise of a strategy so far. Well, I mean, the market's only a few years old, really. So no, nobody really knows what they're talking about. Yeah, it's only a few years old. It changes all the time. So that's one of those things that we kind of took to heart. And we've been making games where, where the goal was that it should be not necessarily the only play style, but it should be playable in very short spurts. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe we should just not worry about that. I kind of I kind of think that if a game is good so that people want it, then whatever play style that game requires, people will wait until they can play it in that fashion, and then they'll do it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about you know Square, Square Enix is remaking all the Final Fantasy games on mobile and selling them for fifteen bucks a pop or whatever, and 
And people are buying the crap out of those. Yeah. Part of it is, of course, the name recognition. It's also the case. You know, they aren't they aren't remaking them into mobile games. They're just putting them on mobile. Well, and, you know, Final Fantasy fans would be pissed if <laughs> it came out and they were like time yeah. management games. Yeah. Well, know? that's why I was wondering when you said that a Fallout, they announced a Fallout game coming out on mobile and, and everybody was excited about it. But I can, I can just as easily see the PC crowd getting really angry and being like, you just yeah. turned my favorite franchise into a garbage <laughs> mobile game. Well, and I think that was probably that was probably the, the idea behind their launch strategy because their launch strategy literally was announced on the day that it is available that it exists. So that people, there wasn't a lag between the announcement and the game being available where people could bitch about it. <laughs> to just go look and see what it is. Well, I guess, yeah, they, they get to go play it and then they can see what it, you know, and, and then, and then, People can decide if they like the game based on the game itself instead of saying, oh, this game is supposed to be like the other Fallout. Because it's not, it's not anything like the other Fallout games. I mean, it's it's clearly in that universe. Yeah, and- uses the mythos. The mythos of Fallout. Yeah, exactly. So they did a really good job of making it so that nobody had time to complain. Mm. Pretty cool strategy. I mean, th- I think that strategy can only work if you're somebody like Bethesda who can who can just create a phenomenon Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, have the, you have the franchise... The brand power of the Fallout series, you can just casually just go, by the way, we made this game. And then a yeah. million people go buy it immediately. Yeah, and it was in the in the midst of all the hype about Fallout 4. Yeah, speaking of mythos, we got a we got a question from Hawkeye from our question form over at podcast.bscotch.net. Hawkeye asks, is there an overarching unifying mythos of the Butterscotch universe in which all of your creations exist? Or is it just total batshit insanity? It's awesome either way. Ben the lawyer, yes, that Ben. Uh, we know we know Ben the lawyer. He lives here in St. Louis. So, is there an overarching mythos of the Butterscotch universe? Yes, but we don't we don't know what it is exactly. It's an unplanned, ever changing retconned mythos. Yeah, we kind of we took inspiration from League of Legends for this, which is. In League of Legends, they just were like, let's make a bunch of cool-looking characters to play as. And so they did. And then people started asking questions like, where do these people come from? Like, why does this character look like this? You know, why does this character talk like this? Why are they fighting? And uh, so Riot started writing little sort of lore snippets for all the characters. And as this evolved over time, all the characters sort of came together into this into this unified backstory and they even started you know naming different regions of the world and and all kinds of crazy stuff and it's to a point now where there's a very thorough lore base for all 120 whatever uh, characters in league of legends so yeah it definitely works and i think i think that kind of that kind of approach works really well for our style which is that we don't really plan or design anything we just do what seems interesting at the time and it just it usually happens to kind of fit our normal style because we made it and then we can just kind of go back and update the stories that's pretty much how we're doing it which basically means that it is total batshit insane it is but in a sane kind of a kind of a way yeah it's post hoc rationalized batshit insanity yes it's a specific brand of of batshit we just to give you an idea of some of the the overarching common threads we have the villains in our main three games are all of the same alien race the viru they're called the viru which i don't think we've ever revealed people will notice it in the uh crashlands creator yeah and in in Talifight of the gods 
we or sorry, Talfite two, the Monocle of Destiny. Mm-hmm. We referred to Joby and Forn and Morg uh, and Tim as gods, like they're these god creatures. And in Quadrupus Rampage as well, Pete is the god of the sea. But really, what you'll what you'll learn over time in uh, in Crashlands a little bit is that these these characters these these creatures are not gods. They're actually just very technologically advanced aliens who think of themselves as gods and they are trying to dominate this planet. All three of the games take place on the same planet, and in Crashlands, you will encounter some of the creatures and characters from uh, Quadrupus Rampage yep. and, and Tommy. Like, you'll see you'll see the Quadrupi. They'll be making an appearance in Crashlands. So we're trying to, every game we make, we're trying to thread things forward. Um, you will also might see Brad and Will from Flop Rocket yep. in in Crash and Lamps. Grubby from both Talifite and Quadrupus Rampage. Yeah, so all these characters have a place here. It's all part of the same. Yeah, Crashlands is the first attempt to really to take what we had made, which was fairly a little. I mean, it was a little bit unified, but it was it was fairly disparate, and find a way to just stick it all together by telling the story of Crashlands. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to it. Since we're talking about Crashlands, we should probably provide a quick update about oh, where yeah. we are with Crashlands. Um, which actually should go to our we should we? go to our blog, uh, which is at butterscotch-shenanigans.com. We put up a post on Friday g- giving a pretty detailed update about where we are, uh, our plans for the beta, which the, the beta applications are still open if you go to crashlands.net. And we were hoping to start the selection process this week, uh, which may mean most of the back-end stuff, like figuring out how it's going to work. But very soon, we'll start enrolling beta testers. So make sure that you don't have the butterscotch robot going to your spam Yeah, because then you'll never know. Because you might you might have a beta, Crashlands beta invite coming your way over the next couple of weeks. Yep. So you don't want to miss And it. so the goal, though, so just to quickly summarize the, the strategy here is is who knows what's going to happen since Sam is stuck in the hospital and that, that'll slow his work down because it's pretty hard to work when you're having your blood removed from you. Yeah. So the goal, though, is if things kind of... If, if he can end up getting back to work, then in a couple of weeks, so end of end of next week, the goal was to be ready to start the beta. Correct. It's, it's unclear if we'll really make that, but but that is the, the target. Yeah, the game's in a spot now where I'm pretty sure even, even if you played the alpha last October, you're going to have your socks blown right off your feet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so... It's really, really good. I, I think we're all we're all really proud of it. It's it's coming yeah. along really well. And it really is a case. It's just it's just basically still, and it has been for weeks. You know, it's just it's just effectively done. There's just all this little stuff that that's left. Which is one. Of, it's one of the really annoying parts of game development is if you make a, a really good game and you put it out there on the market, you're just going to get smeared with one star reviews unless. You add a, the ability to turn off the music and a pause button and a main menu <laughs> right. with keyboard uh, keyboard key mapping options and you know there's all these little tiny features that that aren't the game but that people will trash your your game itself if you don't put them in there. We got to do all these things and it's it's a big pain, especially for a game this of this size. And what we're working on right now, this week, Seth and I are working on uh, Bscotch ID integration so that that'll be... Because we need that anyway before we start beta testing. And that's that's kind of the big cloud that's been hanging over this whole thing is that we have all this cool stuff planned for, for Bscotch ID with Crashlands, namely that whole cross-platform game syncing thing and the Crashlands creator so that you can make your own creations and then play them in the game. All that stuff is basically works, except none of it's not hooked up to Bscotch ID yet. But soon... 
by the end of this week, it will be. Yep. The goal is the end of this week. We'll have that done. And, uh, which means, you know, things will be right on track for, for getting the beta started. So that's where we are with Crashlands. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a few questions from our listeners, fans, Viewers, whoever fans. these people are. I don't know. There's a bunch of people that Haters. come in here and ask questions. Uh, so we should answer some of them. Let's do it. All right. So ag- Agravatus Agravatus asks, where do you guys want to take the butterscotch? Oh, sorry. Not the, where do you guys want to take butterscotch shenanigans in both the near and distant future? Hmm. Uh, where, Adam, where do you want to take it? Where do I want to I'm take sure it? I'm sure we all, we all probably have different ideas. Yeah, we have, yeah, our, our kind of goals change a little. And so we've had similar questions in the past. And so the one that I think is generally true for the near future is that we want to be able to hire a few people who can offload uh, the the work that we don't like to do, which is mostly maintenance stuff. So we, we talked about in the past, so we can just kind of brush that aside, I think. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, for for near future, is is still basically just to kind of keep on pushing out some more games. So with, with Crashlands, my goal is for that to establish the name of the studio in, in people's minds so that they're actually looking for our games uh, in in a much broader sense than they are now. So that would be the very near, so that as a consequence of of that, we have a larger fan base and we can put out a few more games that all can be successful without us having to basically beg for people's attention. Yeah, and one, one, so one really big advantage is if we hit a point where, where we have a really, really big sustainable player base, then we don't need to put time into marketing. And then we can make more games. Yeah, which right now when we when we want to launch a game, it's about a month of work that goes into making sure that people know about the game and that they're talking about it. And um, a, a lot of it, if not all of it, lands on Sam's shoulders. And he's sending out emails, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and setting up meetings and interviews and yeah, you name it, we're, we're doing it to, try to promote our games. And if we didn't have to do that, then we could spend that month making games instead. Which would be great. That would be the ideal short term. Yeah, and then the long term, I guess for if we're talking like actually distant, um, is to have is to turn Butterscotch Shenanigans into basically an entertainment empire centered around video games. Sort of like in like in Star Wars, I think that's yes. And then we will strike we back. Will. Yeah. Well, we don't need to strike back. We need to strike first. Oh, that's true. It's probably back. a better move. Um, so we'll probably be living in a Death Star, and you know the whole the whole, the whole thing. Works. It would be cool to to really have have an actual be be the kind of uh, still an indie studio so not huge as a studio but you know but a few maybe tens of employees or something making games at a decent rate and then otherwise making uh services for for other developers because i think one of the things that's that's becoming very clear is that uh game dev as an industry is kind of it's really opening up a lot and it's going to continue opening up. And, you know, a lot of weird, weird things are going to happen probably to the industry. It already is really weird. It already is very weird. <laughs> but uh, but, it, but without a doubt, there will be many, many more players coming in. But most because that barrier to entry is going to keep getting lower. A smaller and smaller numbers of people will be able to get away with doing more and more impressive things. So I just think that the, the market's going to become really interesting. And deve- new developers coming in because they're, it's only a handful of people at a time. Uh, they're always missing, you know, large segments of, of what they need to run a studio. We've managed to, tw- across the three of us, sort of fill most of the niches that need to be filled. To, and that, but that's because we've all been actively trying to make that happen and, you know, really working at it. So, so kind of providing some sort of 
resources, you know, via Butterscotch shenanigans for for new studios, I think would be a very cool distant future um, kind of. Yeah, kind we of also project. want to do some stuff like put together courses here in St. Louis and uh, teach people game dev. And you know, one thing that that is really lacking for game developers is any kind of formalized education or even really coherent uh, theories or general understanding about how video games work. And, you know, there's all this, there's all this stuff that we have really big ideas about internally that we don't talk about a lot, but I think it's really important for people to learn these things. And so, uh, yeah, so we want to put together courses and, and that kind of thing. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in the future. We just have to, we just have to sort of stay above water as a studio long enough to, to hit that point. Yeah, and and to be able to grow so we can pull off those kinds of things. And a lot of it is, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that all three of us want to do that also differs a bit. And so right now, we can only do what we all agree is the consensus most important thing because it's all we have the time and resources for. Actually grow and, and, and get more resources and stuff. Then we'll, we'll each actually be able to branch the company out even independently to do the kinds of cool things that we all want to do. I guess that answers that. Hell yeah. All right, so Kevin888 asks... Oh, buttery and brotherly butterscotch shenanigans. What is the meaning of life? I assume he asked it that way with that tone of voice. Uh, what, what is it? The meaning of life. Uh, I, I guess for me, living in a pseudo-capitalist country, meaning of life is to develop a safety net so that I could not worry about my future, which is really sad. <laughs> well, I don't, know, I don't know if that would be the meaning of life. I think that's more of your purpose in life what's the difference i I don't know i don't know what it means what is the meaning of life it depends on what you mean by mean i don't yeah i don't (laughs) i don't think life really means anything you know we like to think that we're pretty important and we are to ourselves and to people that we we are close we matter a lot in a very very tiny sphere of the universe uh quite quite literally it's yeah it's a spherical planet but yeah i mean i i think it, that that's something that's both humbling to know that there's however many billions and billions of galaxies. And I was reading this book and and uh, this really great analogy came up of if you were to take a, a grain of table salt for every known galaxy in the universe and put that grain of table salt in a in the back of a dump truck, you would fill the entire dump truck uh, with grains of salt. That's how many freaking galaxies there are. And each galaxy has what? Uh, Billions 500 of stars. Billion stars in it. So, and each of those stars ha- could have anywhere from, you know, one to 20 to what, you know, hundreds of, uh, of planets orbiting. Who knows? So, uh, I guess the overall point is nothing really matters. And nothing you ever do is going to reach much further than where you currently are. <laughs> well, I mean, so that, you might as well just. You that's might as well only just, uh, if you think for some reason that it's important that you affect other parts of the universe, which to me doesn't make well, any no, sense. I don't think it is. I don't think. It, I don't think anything. In this one important. small. I think piece. the only thing that's important is that you realize that uh, you know you're only going to be alive this very mo- one moment. You know, right now, this very short, brief moment in yeah. time, and that's yours. And other people, you shouldn't let other people decide what happens to that to that moment. You should just try to try to live it on your own terms and just do do with your own moment whatever you 
And that also means that you should not be taking other people's moments away from them or forcing them to do things that are a waste of their moment. Because then you're just an asshole. Yeah, all this crap that comes up with various various groups trying to, you know, take rights away from other people. And I mean, people spend so much of their lives trying to ruin other people's lives that they end up wasting everyone's time, including their including own. Including their own. Yeah. So just just chill out and just do just do what you want and leave everybody else alone. That's <laughs> that's the meaning of life. <laughs> That was a pretty good think, note to end on, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so this was uh, Coffee with Butterscotch. If you want to ask some more questions for next week's podcast, head over to podcast.bscotch.net. You'll need to sign it. Actually, no, you can ask anonymously, can't you? Oh, yeah, but you should sign in anyway. Then you can get a little avatar for your Bscotch ID account um, of, uh, of Coffee with Butterscotch if we answer your question. You should also yeah. go to vibes.bscotch.net and say something nice to Sam to cheer him up while he's stuck in the stupid hospital. That's all there is. And head over to forums.bscotch.net to join our community and uh, harass people nicely in a friendly way. Not, yeah, nice harassment. Gentle harassment. All right, you guys. Thanks a lot. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Peace. <laughs>